0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tomatolito show. And uh, wow, Friday, we have Clarissa Shields, Marie-Eve Decare. What an awesome weekend for the fight fans. And two days ago, we ended up having UFC 259 in what was billed as the card of the year. And as early a, a, a point as we find ourselves in 2021, we're three months in and people were already billing this as the card of the year. It was stacked from top to bottom from prospects to new faces to uh, old faces, some trying to save their, their careers and their jobs with the UFC or their contracts at the UFC. I mean, it was stacked from the early prelims to the prelims to the main card. Uh, awesome, awesome display of fightability awesome display of talent uh through and through and let's dissect it let's jump in the early prelims was headlined by none other than tim elliott ufc veteran tim elliott you've seen him from the ufc fighter to you name it he's been in some of the biggest events uh throughout the the years and he's one that was trying to fight for his ufc contract He's, uh, he moves on to 18, 11, and 1. He ended up defeating Jordan Espinosa, uh, by decision. All three rounds, uh, gets his hand raised in the end. Also part of those, uh, early, um early prelims. Sean Brady looked impressive again. Sean Brady's making a name for himself. He defeats none other than Jake Matthews. Jake Matthews is a machine, a wrestling machine. Uh, Sean Brady, 14 and 0, takes care of Jake Matthews, who's 17 and 5. He drops to 17 and 5. Uh, Sean Brady submits. Uh, Matthews in impressive fashion in round three. Um, Amanda Lemos, she discards, she dispatches uh, Renata Sousa, uh, just knocked her out, first round knockout. That was another one that I was looking forward to. And it was just setting up, one fight was setting up the next fight and the next fight because of the talent, because of the fire that these fighters fighters were, were stepping into the octagon with. But Tim Elliott headlines successfully, um, he's su- successful in the showing and headlines the uh, the early prelims. We move on to the preliminary card, and the first fight that we saw on there was none other than Kai Kara France, who is uh, French native, trains with Israel asanya and and that team. He moves on to twenty two and nine, and he wins his fight in impressive fashion. He uh, he dispatches a Roherio um knocks him out in round one. Kai Kara France, uh, they always say don't blink, right? I think that's even his nickname, the don't blink. And uh and he he looked amazing. What the hype behind uh Kai kara France uh back in the day was this. He was just fast-paced and and it was that that approach of don't blink, don't look away whenever he's he steps in the octagon because he's he's bound to do something special. And it kind of mellowed out there for a little bit. He had some, some tough goals there, uh, in the last couple years, but here we go. Uh, he ends up, he ends up, uh, proving every, every bit of that. And he knocks out Bontarin in in impressive fashion. Uh, we move on the next, the next fight right after that Kaikara France impressive showing and sets up none other than Joseph Benavides versus Askar Askarov. Askarov, uh, decorated MMA fighter 13 and 0 with one draw in his record. He improves to, to, gets that 13th win, uh, with the decision win over Joseph Benavides. It was a fairly one-sided affair for Askarov. Amazing wrestling, amazing ground game. And, uh, he defeats Joseph Benavides. Unfortunate that Joseph Benavides, uh, loses. Once again, he's had a storied career and a storied path with, uh, with the UFC. Uh, and, and throughout his career with, with the UFC. So sad to see him lose, uh, but impressive to see Askarov on his way up on the ascension, um, uh, of his career. Uh, the prelims were headlined by none other than Dominique Cruz. Dominique Cruz against Casey Kenny was a really tough, really highly contested fight. Casey Kenny showed up. It was mostly a stand up fight. And you saw the angles, you saw the speed, you saw uh, how uncomfortable Dominic Cruz was making Casey Kenny and how he was making a miss because he just attacks from every bit of angle. He's got that awkward footwork and he's looking good. He's a young, young 35 year old Dominic Cruz is because of the amount of years that he's been away from the from the sport because of the injuries, because of the ailments and illnesses. Uh, he's been away. And so he hasn't taken the amount of damage that a typical uh, 30 year old and, and 35 year old has taken. So Dominic Cruz improves to 23 and three. He looks good. He looks young. He looks quick. And, um, and he comes away with the decision when 23 and three is Dominic Cruz's record. Uh, Casey Kenny drops to 16 and three. And, uh, and then we hit the main event card, right? As if it wasn't enough, this would have been just these two, the early prelims and the prelims, just a headline with Dominic Cruz. And, uh, and that whole prelim card, Joseph Benavides being part of it, Kaikara France, that was enough. That was enough for a typical fight night or even its own pay-per-view event. But it was stacked. And we started, we kicked off the, the pay-per-view portion of the event with none other than Tiago Santos finally coming back after numerous surgeries and and, uh, and setbacks with his knee injuries and and, and injuries to his ligaments. Uh Tiago Santos makes his return against Alexander Rakic, who is ascending in the in the light heavyweight division. And Tiago Santos loses. He looked okay, but he did hesitate quite a bit to uh to generate his attack and his game plan and to execute his game plan. Alexander Rakic, stand-up game, very strong, and he is on the way up on the light heavyweight division. He's looking good. This is the third, the third light heavyweight uh, title contender that he has defeated. So he beats Tiago Santos. Uh, he defeated Anthony Smith in his last showing by way of decision. Anthony Smith challenged John Jones for the title. And Anthony Smith will we'll bring him up here in a little bit again because he was brought up in the conversation. Uh, and then he defeats Vulcan Ozimir, who challenged. Uh, Daniel Cormier, when Daniel Cormier was a champion. So he, with Thiago Santos, who challenged John Jones, and that's where he, he suffered most of his injuries in the past, in the, in the knee injuries by way of leg kicks. This is the third title contender that Rakic has defeated now. Um, he, he's in line. He should be in line, maybe a fight away from, from title contention. So. He's, he's legit. Alexander Rockage, uh, all action, good stand up fighter. He puts his punches and his attacks very well, very well together. So we move on to that. The next fight, Islam Makchaev is the one that, that made a lot of headlines and, and was a, was a big talk of the night. He improves to 19 and one, defeats a game, Drew Dober and Drew Dober he's, he's looked reinvigorated in the last few fights. He looks like a brand new, uh, fighter in his last new fights. He's discovered this, this new light. He, uh, he fights with this new, with this new fire behind him and, uh, and just goes in there and has fun, Strong wrestling, strong fighter, strong ground game. McChayev just made him look elementary. He controlled Drew Dover and ends up submitting him in round three. The strength is, is just a different level. And uh, and what they're calling, uh, they're calling him the, the little brother of Khabib. But he, he looked awesome. And if the lightweight division was not messy enough as far as the rankings and stacked, I guess we could say, it's one that I've been so excited about in the last year. He just threw his, his name in the hat now, and he's up to fight anybody. I mean, he could go against, uh, Rafael dos Anjos. He could go against Tony Ferguson. He could go, you name it. I mean, the talks were, the talks were there. The conversations were there that he could possibly get a match with Tony Ferguson and, and fight the guy that was supposed to fight Khabib. Now that Daniel Cormier was making the comment, he's imagined that talk that the little brother is the one that handles Tony Ferguson, uh, instead of Khabib. Awesome showing by McChayef. I can't wait to see what he does in his next fight and as he continues to move up in those rankings. Um, then we get into the, the first of the three title fights that were scheduled for that main event. And that was between Aljo Sterling and Peter Young. Now, good fight through and through. Mostly a stand-up fight. Peter Jan's power was the big talk of the fight and it was the big uh, deciding factor to me in which I thought Peter Jan was winning the fight. Alja looked good when he came out first round, even the second round, he looked good putting his punches, uh, putting his punches well, his attacks, he was pushing the action, uh, making Peter Jan uh, step back. He was kicking, he was punching, everything was very precise and very tight. His game was on point. For those first two rounds, and Peter Yan just weathered a storm weathered the storm did some damage himself by round three he started shifting the uh the action and the momentum in his favor and and he continues on Peter Yan, even though those two rounds I'm not gonna say they were landslides for Aljo, but Aljo looked like he was it, it was a heavier output that he was putting out there. Peter Yan was hurting uh, Algermain sterling and I think the fact that Aljo came out so fast. Ended up gassing him. You started seeing him gas a little bit. He was dropping to the ground a lot quicker. He was getting dropped a lot quicker. And Peter Young was just consistently moving forward and, um, and 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 dealing with the storm, weathering the storm, and then he would end up pushing the momentum and pushing the action uh, for large portions of each round. Uh, it ends up in a DQ. Aljo's knee is down. His hands are up, but his knee is down. And Peter Young throws a knee to the face. The fight is delayed. Algermain Sterling is is dazed and confused and trying to get up, and he couldn't. You see him uh, almost uh, start tearing up as he's there. They're talking to him. They stop the fight essentially, and the title changes hands by way of disqualification. This is not the WWE. This is not this is not any other organization in which they say, hey, yeah, you lose the fight, but the title cannot change hands by way of DQ. It it changed hands. And it's a crazy rule that it, it should enough. But Aljermaine Sterling didn't do anything wrong. He showed up to fight. He was game. He didn't do anything wrong. He's the one that got caught with the illegal shot. Peter Yan is a champion, needs to know the rules because he's the champ representing the, the organization and he didn't abide by it. He ended up violating the rule, ends up hurting the opponent. He gets disqualified and hands over his title in ugly fashion, right? Because nobody wants to see a fight be decided uh because of a DQ or or. Or by a landslide, judging uh, when the judges just score these, and you're, and it's just a, a weird, a weird card that they end up turning in, and you're like, what fight were these guys watching? That that's always ugly. It's always better when the fighters are the ones that decide. They leave it all out there, and they're the ones that decide uh, the the end result. Peter Jan is a former champion now. Algermaine Sterling is your new bantamweight champion. Regardless of what's going on in the commentary and the negative press, positive press, whatever it is, all the drama and all that. It's only going to serve as build up for, for their rematch. I really believe they should be rematching. They got to run this back. Um, I thought Peter Young was going to walk away with, with his victory. I think he was going to walk away with the decision. I think Al Jermaine, uh, is strong enough to where he would have seen the fight through, through to the end, even though he looked really gassed. I think he, he could have finished the, the entire fight. And I think Peter Young would have walked away with the decision. Um, who knows, but the hype's going to be there behind the rematch. It's going to be a good build up. And for now, hey, ignore all the, all the commentary, or if that's your thing, then get into it, you know, but it is what it is. Right now, it's not going to change. Aljo's your new bantamweight champion. Peter Young's your former champion. And it sucks that the title had to change hands, uh, in that fashion. We move on to the second in the coming event, the second of the title fights that night. And that was none other than your champ champ, your only actively active Uh, champ champ at the moment which is Amanda Nunez Um, and she was defending her featherweight title put it on the line against Megan Anderson um, and she submits she stood her ground Megan Anderson was trying to formulate an attack uh, by way of stand-up I think she connected a kick uh, with Amanda Nunez Amanda Nunez ended up finding her space the height the reach was supposed to be the uh, the big factor and Amanda Nunez solved the puzzle immediately takes the fight to the ground, ends up submitting Megan Anderson in quick fashion. In a matter of a few minutes, the fight was over. Amanda Nunez keeps her title, walks out. The champ champ is impressive, as impressive as ever. And uh, who knows what's in the future for her. I think the only one that would possibly be a challenge to her at the moment would be uh, Shevchenko. Other than that, I don't think anybody else... Uh, I think she's cleared out the divisions, right? I mean, I, I don't see anybody else that that could challenge her, that could give her a challenge. You know, I think I think Shevchenko would be the only one, uh, but who knows? I'm sure somebody else is is up in the rankings, moving up, and uh, we'll keep an eye out to see what Amanda Nunez does. She has cemented her legacy not just as one of the greatest women fighters of all time by way of MMA, but as one of the greatest women fighters across the fight game landscape and one of the greatest MMA fighters not just women, but one of the greatest MMA fighters through and through. Amanda Nunez is impressive to see. And it's awesome to tune in uh, and watch her fights just to see what it is that she's going to do and how she's going to uh, dispatch of her opponents, how she solves the puzzles quickly. And, and it, it's impressive. It's it's awesome to see. From there, Amanda Nunez walks out with her title, uh, defends her, successfully defends her title and keeps... That title, uh, going of champ champ. She's the only active champ champ defending those two titles. And somebody that was trying to get on that champ champ list was Izzy Adesanya. In the main event, we see Israel Adesanya moving up, uh, to light heavyweight to challenge the new champion, Jan Blakovic. Blakovic making the first defense of the light heavyweight title. And the talk was the weight. The talk was, uh, the size difference. The strength difference. Israel Desanya had fought at higher weights when he uh, when he participated in kickboxing. He had fought heavyweights. He had fought light heavyweights, um, but nonetheless, in MMA, he was undefeated, twenty and zero with a perfect record. Middleweight champ, cleaning out that middleweight division, and Yablakovitch. He's fought in other organizations. The Polish power is real, and you saw it. You saw it displayed. Israel Adesanya, his striking seems to be his his go to, right? Everybody knows Adesanya's game is striking. He's next level. He attacks from different angles, from weird angles, and creates more problems for the opponent than uh, than anybody that, uh, of recent memory. His hands, his feet—he comes from all angles, right? And he started doing that. Except that every time Yamblakovich was connecting, he was connecting with strength, and and it was evident. The fight was fairly close as far as the stand-up game goes. You were seeing higher output from Adesanya to strength and power punches from Blakovich. Damage being done by Blakovich, uh, and then as the fight led to the later rounds, especially round four, round five. uh, Blakovich started taking the game to to the ground, and he was easily taking Arisanya down to the ground. The strength is what came into play. He was stronger than Adesanya. He was ground and pounding. He was controlling him on the ground, and that started cementing the fight for Blakovich. Who was supposed to win this fight? The ideal story would be Adesanya moves up as he is just... Transcending the sport of MMA and he is just a household name. He's made himself into a household name in quick fashion and in impressive fashion by the way that he gets rid of his opponents and the way that he wins his fights. The story was supposed to be Arisanya winning this. It would have been, it would have been a transcendent story that he conquers another division. The sky's the limit for this kid, but when you really look at this it's similar to what we saw talking about boxing similar to what we saw in december the man at the division at that division was jan blakovich he walked in as a champion this is his division he was supposed to do what he did he's supposed to defend his throne somebody's trying to challenge the throne especially coming up a division to challenge my throne i'm supposed to defend my title and my division this is my division go back to your division we saw this in boxing in December, right? Callum Smith was supposed to win the fight. He was supposed to defend the throne, defend the division, when Canelo moved up in weight to challenge a 168-pounder from middleweight. Canelo came out victorious, and the story got even better, right? Because Canelo was just trying to unify the 168-pound division, here Yamblakovic did his job he defends the throne now it looks like we'll be seeing him against Glover Teixeira and I don't see Yamblakovic uh being threatened by by Glover I don't see him in in any danger other than maybe the ground game other than that in stand up I think Yamblakovic is going to going to probably run through uh Glover fairly quickly maybe within the first 3 rounds other than that I don't see really anybody else that would be much of a challenge. Alexander Rakic has really good stand up. He's moving up, he'll probably get a title shot fairly quickly as well. But I think Yamblacovic uh has a really good shot at defending this title for several fights to come and uh, and cement himself as one of the one of the greats of the UFC uh, to hold the light heavyweight title. He defends, he does his job, Israel Desanya gets his first defeat. Yeah, at the hands of Blakovich And, uh, and I think he's going to be moving back down to, to continue. Uh, I think he's. I want to say it was a pro, the post conference where he said it. Maybe it was a side interview, but he said he's going to continue ruling that middleweight division with an iron fist, with a black iron fist, uh, and just keep decimating opponents down there. It was awesome to see him. These mega fights, when they build themselves, yeah, uh, it, it's awesome to see somebody taking, taking a chance. I think the line that they kept using was dare to be great. Or maybe it was Arisanya himself who was tweeting it. Dare to be great. Of course, when you come up short, the critics, the negative comments, all the haters come out and they start pointing the finger and laughing and mocking. But if he would have pulled it off, even more history, even more impressive. So it's, it's awesome that there's fighters like that, that exist that are willing to take chances. And, uh, and it was cool to see. And, for Yanbukovich, awesome that he defended his throne, and now he gets his first official defense of the light heavyweight title after being a new champ. He is the man in that division at this moment. Awesome UFC 259 card stacked from top to bottom, and uh, and I can't wait to see what the what the next event is. The next event that we got coming up is going to be on the uh, on the 13th, and that's going to be Leon Edwards. Finally, after so many delays, Leon Edwards is going to be back in there against um, Bela Muhammad who, uh, who just came away with the, with the victory. Um, uh, I think four or six weeks ago, he had a victory and, and he got right into this match, uh, into the main event. Thanks to that victory, thanks to his showing. And, uh, and also by downfall, Kazma Chimaev, who once again had to pull out because of, uh, the continued, uh, ailments, uh, by way of COVID. So. That comes up on the, on the 13th. Uh, Leon Edwards, we see him back in there. And that should be a fun, that should be a fun card as well. I believe Dan is going to be part of that card. He's always all on action. Eric Anders is going to be part of that card. Middleweight Eric Anders. He's always fun to watch. Uh, other than that, listen, stack card. I cannot wait to see if they put another card like this together. But as it stands, this is quite possibly the best card of 2021. So. I leave you all with that. Thank you again for tuning in to the Tomatolito Show and uh, tune in to the next episode. Talk to you all soon.